Hi everyone, welcome to Val's Tales. I'm Val Fortelli, writer of these stories. I'm Val's sister, Wendy Walker, and I'm the narrator. And Wendy's daughter, Jazz, is our producer. Every fortnight, we'll bring you a new story. Sometimes funny, sometimes sad, always thought-provoking. So, uh, this is part two of our September Swan Song story. That's right. As I mentioned in the first part, this story was inspired by a dream. The important things I remembered when I woke up were that it took place in September and there were three characters involved. I found that quite challenging, actually, because three separate voices and also male voices on top of that... So I had to try and find a way of making them different, but not comically different or outrageously different, but just so that you know who is speaking at the time. So, uh, yeah, that was uh, that 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 stretched me a little bit. Thanks. <laughs> You're very welcome. I don't like to make things simple for you. Actually, you, as I said before, one of the other stories was a lot of male characters, and you did them very well. These are more normal male characters if I can put it that way but you do a good job with them yeah don't start buttering me up now <laughs> <laughs> okay so it might seem a bit odd that this time of year to have a story with September in the title but if you listen to the rest of the story it might make more sense especially if you know the meaning of the phrase swan song okay and here we go September Swan Song, Part Two For some reason I didn't sleep well that night. Usually the combination of fresh air, sunshine, exercise and a few jars in the evening had me sleeping like a log. But perhaps it was the thought it was our last night tomorrow. This annual break did me the world of good, but it couldn't continue forever and it wasn't fair to always rely on Mike's hospitality. He didn't seem to mind and appeared to gain as much pleasure from our company as we did from his. All three of us were up early the following morning, even before the ferry arrived, and although our culinary skills weren't up to that of the professionals, we were tucking into a home-cooked full English by the time we heard the boat pull up to the jetty. That day was a public holiday on the mainland, so the staff caught the afternoon boat back instead of the last one of the day. We needed to have our bags packed and be ready for the lunchtime ferry to be in time for our early afternoon flight home the following day, but for now we had around 20 hours to ourselves. By tomorrow evening we would be back in our homes sending messages of thanks to Mike for his hospitality and arranging our next London meet-up. It didn't quite work out like that. With no one else around, we started drinking much earlier than usual and we were all a little tipsy when Mike again brought up the subject of travelling back in time for a second chance. One good thing about our friendship was we were all nice drunks and even when we argued it never affected our friendship. Righty-ho, John said after his fourth or fifth martini of the evening, even though two glasses of wine and a nightcap were usually his limit. 
Tell us all about this wonderful thingy which will make me 18 again and bring back the love of my life. No, 18 is too young, Mike replied. We need to be a bit older so we have experienced some life but still have the freedom to find our own way. What do you think, Dave? Well, by the time I was 20, I was caught up with Jenny. But if we could take a different route, I think around 30 would be a good age. Old enough to have seen a bit of the world, but still young enough to enjoy it without commitments. Agreed. All those in favour of being 30 in our rejuvenated lives, raise your hand. Three hands shot into the air and we were all laughing like schoolboys instead of acting like actual mature grandfather age. Coming up, Mike said as he tottered over to a cupboard and took out a small sachet of orange powder. Swaying slightly, he managed to pour an equal amount into our three glasses before saying cheers and downing the remainder of his drink in one go. We followed suit, but surprisingly couldn't taste anything unusual. Even my whisky was exactly the same colour as normal and didn't taste of anything except, well, whisky. Quick, we haven't decided on a year. Mike sounded almost in a panic, although we were only talking rubbish, so there was no rush. I vote for 1967, the summer of love. Don't be daft, I said. We were only toddlers then. I want to be old enough to get up to mischief, so it would have to be somewhere near the turn of the century. That's the beauty of the spell, Mike said. We can be any age we want, in any year we want, but we have to decide before the potion wears off. I'm trying to remember which were the prosperous years in history. I don't want to go back to the 18th century, so my vote goes to being 30 in 1965. All those in favour say aye. I, I, <laughs> motion carried, I laughed. What happens now? Now I think we need to act our proper age and get some sleep so we don't miss our flight tomorrow, John laughed. It's been fantastic as always, guys. I love you both and if I could stay in your company forever, I'd be a happy man. See you in the morning. We were packed and ready when the boat arrived next morning to collect us. We made the trip to the mainland without fuss, caught our plane home, and by mid-afternoon we were saying our goodbyes at Gatwick, from where we would go our separate ways. For a few weeks afterwards, we kept in contact with a flurry of emails and phone calls, which, as usual, died off after a while as life took over. For various reasons, we didn't have our usual Christmas catch-up, and in March, I was devastated to hear from John that Mike had suffered a massive heart attack. Then in June, I had my own health problems, and it was purely by coincidence I saw a newspaper clipping describing a queer-bashing attack where an elderly gentleman named John had been severely beaten and was not expected to survive. It could have been someone else with the same name, but it explained why he didn't come to my funeral. I turned as the other two came out to sit on the veranda beside me, coffee mugs in hand. John picked up the newspaper and glanced at the headlines. Anything interesting happening? I asked. Usual coup. Russia has crash-landed some sort of robot on the moon and the Beatles are dominating the charts. Isn't it odd that first time round our mums were probably still changing our nappies and now here we are, three guys in our thirties, enjoying the sunshine in a property that Mike bought in the 21st century, 
even though the newspaper tells us it's the 5th of October 1965. And nearly time for us to go home, Mike said. I feel guilty for persuading you guys to try the potion all those years ago. But without it, we wouldn't be meeting up for a month every year and I'd feel so lonely in my coffin. Knowing we'll get together every September for four weeks keeps me going through eternity. Right, who's for a fry-up? I'm chef. Just because we're dead doesn't mean we have to live on lettuce leaves. Thanks for listening. If you're enjoying these stories, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Podbean or our YouTube channel. You can also follow Val's Tales on social media. Details coming up.